0: This is Kate Swoboda, creator of yourcourageouslife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com, and author of the book The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers and at Amazon. The Your Courageous Life podcast is all about going after what you want and creating and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. Might drop a couple of F-bombs so maybe don't listen with your kids in the backseat of the car. And here we go with today's episode. So let's talk about the habits of highly successful people today. Although, as with so many things that I bring up on the podcast, this might go a little differently than you were anticipating. So first, let's get this out of the way, right? If you have found yourself here because you were looking into the habits of highly successful people, I'm aware that. You've probably already found a gazillion different internet articles out there. Most of them are going to amalgamate the self-reporting of CEOs, millionaires, people with MBAs. The habits of highly successful people that you read about will probably involve things like getting up at a certain time of day, setting priorities to execute or delegate, other tangible actions that enable those people to keep being CEOs and millionaires and run businesses, So in other words, the very definition of successful is largely going to be dependent on external metrics, the title, the money, the things that they do. And as you can imagine, that's not the definition of success that I will be using here today. For this list of what I consider to be the habits of highly successful people, Successful is constituted by a different sort of metrics, and I'm thinking a lot, too, of like, you know, there's a a lot on the internet. There's a lot kind of everywhere where how, who, and how people show up on the outside isn't necessarily how they live, and of course, nobody's perfect, and of course, if a camera was following any of us around 24-7, there would be parts of ourselves we would see on camera that we would not like, but... I'm thinking of success in this way of, uh, looking at the internal metrics. So, so metrics would look like this, you know, um, regularly feeling joy and fulfillment in your life regularly, right? Uh, the work, the titles, the money could go away tomorrow and you'd have other identities that make up who you are. Super important, I think, to being healthy and emotional, emotionally resilient So the work, the titles, the money, if they went away, you would have other identities. I'm not saying that if the money goes away, you're just like enlightened no matter what. Like if all my money went away, I'd be pretty upset, but I would also have other identities that make up who I am. Another metric would be that you incorporate as much room for the invisible aspects of being human, like creative thinking or spiritual and intuitive connection as you do to the tangible aspects of being human, writing the book, starting the company. I also think that successful humans really feel like flow is part of the gig. You know, As self-actualizing, growth-oriented humans, those who are truly highly successful people are not rigidly attached to their habits. They're not rigidly attached to life being a certain way or else they can't be happy. There's a flow that's part of their way of being. So if you want to be truly successful, here are the habits I think you want to cultivate. I'm just going to go ahead and say, since you're listening to this podcast, even though I might not have met you, here's what I think you want to cultivate. Tell me if you think I'm right. I'm always open to feedback. So here's a great habit. Uh, The habit of getting clear about your wanting, craving, and desire. Getting clear about your wanting, your craving, and your, your desire. So you want things, you desire things, and your goals can be positive obsessions that drive you towards development, or they could be hungry ghosts. Hungry ghost is like, you know, since a ghost is air, you can't really feed a hungry ghost actually yet the ghost is kind of haunting and always around. I think that's the image we're going for here. A hungry ghost is like this endless desire to feed yourself with status, with something outside of yourself, and it's this endless unfulfillment. So how do you know which is which? How do you know whether you're in that positive obsession place versus that hungry ghost place? Oh, well, through trial and error. (laughs) through making mistakes, through learning discernment about what you truly want. There's really no way to hack that process other than listening, really listening to the people who have come before you, who keep telling you that your social media following or the car you drive or the amount of money you have or your job title will be no guarantee of happiness. Other than that, it's all exploration to set about knowing who you truly are and what you truly want. Welcome to the human experience, right? Here's another habit you might want to cultivate, the habit of making conscious choices. So how many times are you picking up your phone each day? Some people are like, damn it, Kate, don't ask me that question. Okay, I'll go to a different one. How much time are you surfing the internet? Damn it, Kate, don't ask me that question. I get it, right? (laughs) How many times a day do you think to yourself, I hate this job? How often are you spinning in fear about the state of the world when you read the news headlines? What are you eating? Do you move your body? Do you know what your life's biggest dreams are? Do you set conscious priorities that move in the direction of those dreams? Now, here's the thing. You don't need to only eat lettuce leaves, I promise or perfectly organize your closet, or decide never to look at social media again. You don't have to do any of those things, nothing drastic here. But if you want to adopt the habits of highly successful people in this wonderful, more human, more all-encompassing definition, you do need to make more conscious decisions. So is that food going to nurture you? Is surfing the internet really how you want to spend the gift of this day on the planet? Is thinking, I hate this job, over and over, helping you mentally, helping you emotionally, if you need to stay there at the moment in order to pay the bills? P.S. I'm going to vote no on that last one. (laughs) So you got to ante up a bit and start getting conscious and real about what you think how you want to respond to what you feel, the actions you want to take. So this is the habit of making conscious choices. Third habit of highly successful people, the habit of confronting your own resistance. Some people might say this is the habit of confronting my own bullshit, but we're going to just call it resistance. So I was facilitating a workshop and doing a little front of the room group coaching for someone I'll just call resistant Rachel. So first things first, Rachel was a lovely, vibrant, creative human being with an infectious smile. Everyone adored her. Okay. Like, you know, who hasn't been in resistance? All right. It's not the bad people are over there in resistance and the rest of us are all just great. I've been in resistance. You've been in resistance. What we need is the habit of confronting our own resistance because everyone adored Rachel and the problem was Rachel did not adore herself. And Rachel could tell me with detailed analytical precision born of years of therapeutic analysis where her low self-esteem came from. But she kept insisting over and over that she didn't know, quote unquote, how to change or that she didn't have the motivation to change or that she couldn't stick to a program to change. Now, in these situations, I like to check to see if someone has some unprocessed pain that might be holding them back. I'm not a, like, hear about someone having trouble with motivation, so I leap to strategy kind of gal. So I was totally willing to, like, let's give some room and space and empathy for the pain that that might be the hindrance here. But the thing was, in this case, Rachel wasn't having that either. And fair enough, I don't believe in pushing clients to go into anything they don't want to go into, or if I'm group facilitating, same same gig. But when we would talk strategy or tangible things she could do, that spun out into how she couldn't try X action because of Y complication, and she couldn't try Z action because of some other issue. So it's like she didn't want to go into strategy and do things. She didn't want to go into processing the pain, and that ended up being exactly what was keeping her stock. So yeah, resistance. Resistant Rachel had every reason in the world for why every option available had to be the wrong option. She was arguing for her own limitation. And you might recognize yourself in that. I certainly have been there before, and I'm sure I'll be there again. Now, here's something I've observed across more than a decade of coaching. If you can describe your life's problems and what went wrong and what you wish had been different, you have ample information to decide to change how you will let that experience limit you, period. I'll say that one more time. If you can describe your life's problems and what went wrong and what you wish had been different, if you can do that, you already have ample enough information to decide how you will let that experience limit you or not, period. Once you have spent time in the pain, putting the situation into its context, tapping into the holy tears of holy rage, all that's left is this. What will you choose to make that experience mean for you and what you're capable of moving forward? There's not more to do. So if you know how to describe your life's problems and what went wrong and what you wish had been different, if you have spent some time tapping into the tears and the rage and the hurt, there's nothing more to do except what will you choose to make that experience mean for you and what you're capable of moving forward. And that is confronting your own resistance. The fourth habit of highly successful people the habit of trusting that your feelings have value. You know, shutting down feelings simply does not work. I'm not suggesting in that last exercise with resistant Rachel that, you know, she just should have gotten over it and started taking action. Like, I'm not I'm not into that coaching paradigm. Shutting down feelings does not work, at least not in a habits of highly successful people kind of way as we're talking about it here. You can decide to feel feelings and then prioritize them. Or feel feelings and then not let those feelings dictate your next move. But feelings are part of the human experience. They do have value. You know, even your fear, your anger, your sadness, your overwhelm, they are all signals from your body saying, pay attention, there's something that requires your attention here. When you try to shut down those signals, they might temporarily get quieter, but then they'll scream louder later. In The Courage Habit, which is the book that I wrote, available at fine booksellers everywhere, my favorite thing to say ever, having an ISBN, I got to tell you, coolest thing ever for a writer. All right. So in The Courage Habit, (laughs) a little diversion there, I talk about how to start developing somatic awareness through accessing the body. And by the way, there are some Courage Habit book bonuses that are free to everybody, such as a body scan audio if you feel like you're having a little trouble with trusting your feelings, that you can access through the Your Courageous Life subscriber library. Go to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin, sign up, download any audio you want, worksheets, the whole gig. And, you know, if that day with resistant Rachel, if she had decided to do something with her resistance, to scream it out, to take a breath with it each day, she can learn what the resistance is trying to tell her, and she can let it go. Now, my favorite way of accessing the body, which is part of this habit of trusting that feelings have value, is through meditation. And particularly, I love uh, spoken word meditation. It doesn't cost money, the Insight Timer app for your phone is free. The courage habit takes you through several different options. If meditation's never been your thing and you don't want one type of meditation, try a different one. The point is to trust that your feelings have value. You got to choose something that taps into what you feel, and you got to do it daily, consistently. All right. Habits of successful people number five here. The habit of looking for growth. So there's this researcher, Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K, and she's talked about how there's this concept of a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. So there's this habit of looking for growth you want to cultivate here because a fixed mindset believes that what you're born with is what you get. So in other words, you're a certain type of person with certain types of capabilities. And people who say things like, well, I'm just not a very courageous person, or, you know, I'm just not a very creative person, are living life from that fixed mindset place. Now, a growth mindset, by contrast, trusts that everything is figure outable, that if someone else has done it, then there's a skill set that could be learned to replicate or even exceed that person's results, that mistakes are learning opportunities, and that curiosity is a supreme pleasure, and it is. Curiosity is so fun, so enlivening. So here's a great way to integrate this habit. Look for anything in your life where you felt unhappy and ask yourself what you can do right now to change it. And as soon as something comes up about how there's not enough of something, like not enough time or money or capability, you ask yourself, okay, So who has faced these same challenges, wanted to do what I'm doing, faced these same challenges and surmounted them? And ask yourself what they did and start doing that. And yeah, you're going to find some places along the way where what they did isn't a match for you. And yeah, you're going to find some places along the way where what that person did isn't really applicable to you because they had access to some kind of resource or networking connection or something you didn't have access for. You're a unique human being. You're not a robot living life in imitation of one of other people, okay? But this is where you start. Everybody's got some kind of limitation when they're trying to go after something they want. So if you feel like you don't know where to start, this is it. This is where you start. You think of something that you want to do, that you want to change, and when something comes up about how there's not enough of something, you look around and you go, well, how could I find enough of something, Or how could I get it done even though there's not enough of something? You know, you never know. Plenty of people have probably said, well, I can't start a business because I don't have millions of dollars of startup capital. And plenty of people have started a business not having millions of dollars of startup capital. So along the way, look for every opportunity for growth. And every time you think you can't go further, question that. I mean, given how often we've seen humans transcend incredible limitations Really, why in the world would you be willing to live a life believing that you can't be one of those humans? You might be the one who shows us the way. All right. Habits of highly successful people. Number six, the habit of monitoring your language. Now, this one is classic self-help, but it is effective. And it bears mentioning... How often are you telling yourself that you can't, that you don't know, that you have to, that you wish you could, but, or explaining how bad things or bad people, quote unquote, always show up in your life or how good things or good people, quote unquote, never show up in your life. And I I, I never, and you will hear me say this across so many Your Courageous Life episodes all over my website, Of, of course people have different levels of access Of course, people have privileges. Of course, people have, some people have more advantages. I'm not denying that at all. I'm just saying that, you know, for most of the people who have access to an internet connection in order to listen to this somewhere, for most of the people, it's not that you can't, it's that you're not choosing to yet. It's not that you don't know, it's that you're either still learning or you do know and you're ready to face even the things that are uncertain. See how this works? It's not that you have to, it's that you get to, or you choose to. It's not that you wish you could, but it's that you wish you could and you're ready to take action. It's not that bad things always show up in your life or good things never show up in your life. It's that in framing it that way, you're choosing to ascribe a lot of power to the bad stuff and minimize the good stuff. And For your own psychological health, please put more power on the good stuff. Minimize the bad stuff. Not as like a way of spiritual bypass or gaslighting, but as a legitimate research-backed cognitive behavioral tool to build your emotional and psychological resilience. Please ascribe a lot of power to the good. Minimize the bad. It's a healthy tool to adopt. And a little side box on this one, this habit of monitoring your language. In particular, I really try to pay attention to my language around can't and have to because I know that I live in privilege every day and it seems to me a terrible affront to those who truly can't, who truly have to, who truly live in countries where they wish they could but. It just seems offensive to me almost that I I could talk as if I'm facing a can't, when it's not really a can't, as if I'm facing a have to, when it's not really a have to, because there are people in this world who truly suffer on the level of they can't, and that is not a figure of speech. They can't. They have to. They live in, in worlds of oppression that I don't know currently, and I will not disgrace what they go through, frankly, by speaking as if it's on the same level. I think that if you are someone who can, who has choices, who has the option to turn away from bad things and put your focus on the good of life, please, please, please do that. Exercise the options that you have the great privilege to exercise. Speaking of which, how about not saying I'm starving When you're simply hungry and food is abundantly available? How about not walking into the gym saying, oh, this is going to kill me before a hard workout? How about not listening to songs with lyrics that extol the negative, that talk about how things are hopeless? Unless, of course, you actually want those lyrics to be your life. You get to choose. Habit of highly successful people, number seven. The habit of surrounding yourself with people who practice integrity. This is a big game changer. There's a saying that I would hear sometimes growing up in the Midwest. And it was, don't go laying down with pigs thinking you won't wake up covered in mud. Sometimes they'd say thinking you won't wake up covered in shit. But you can pick your version here. So... As humans, we're wired for connection. We're social creatures, even the introverts among us, I promise. And sometimes our desire for connection causes us to excuse things that are out of integrity. Without a doubt, no one's perfect. There's no one out here in the world who is in integrity in every area of their life. You don't need to start expecting perfection of the people you hang out with. But also without a doubt, Sometimes telling yourself, "Well, golly gee, I mean, no one's perfect ends up really being someone's get out of jail free card for piss poor behavior and not treating you well. I really, you got to think about this. Don't surround yourself with people who don't practice integrity. People who practice integrity are going to mess up, own the mistake, try to make it better. And let's just get this straight, by the way, in case you're wondering about how to set like a benchmark for this. If the person lies to you, out of integrity, period, end of story. There are scores of people in the world you could give your love to who will not lie to you. Hanging out with someone who lies is a choice. And if they justify their lies, and if they justify all the reasons why they couldn't tell you, Run like hell in the opposite direction. Again, like, like there are so many people in the world you can give your love to who will not lie to you. Hanging out with someone who lies to you is a choice. Habit number eight, the habit of prioritizing integrity within yourself. My coach, Matthew Marzell, gave me this definition of Integrity. Integrity is when your words and actions match and they are in alignment with your values, commitments, beliefs, and life vision. So in other words, integrity goes beyond just doing what you're saying you're going to do and incorporates more nuance. It's also about knowing and living your values, knowing and living your commitments. You get the picture. Now, the perfectionists among us, raising my hand here, can sometimes take this on as a mission, like, yes, integrity, something else to try to be perfect at. So I like to remind people that it's not in integrity to try to make yourself perfect at being in integrity. Everybody is out of integrity somewhere. And the best we can do is notice that and then come back into integrity within ourselves. Moment to moment to moment, that's what we do. Entree, the reason why I say that the habits of highly successful people have to include flow, not rigidity. And if you want to live a better life, if you want to step into these habits of highly successful people, you've got to stop wiggling out on your own integrity. You've got to stop saying, someday, when there is today. You've got to stop saying, well, I'll try, which only ever gives you a back door to give a half-hearted effort. Really, you've got to stop pretending as though you too are not on earth having a very short life experience. It is so short, you guys, that 100 years, if we're lucky, is simply not enough to experience the magnitude of what it means to be human. So let's stop wasting time. Let's redefine success because it's sure as shit not about titles or money Success is about how you feel in your own human skin, and it will require the courage for you to totally trust yourself, to make who you are on the inside into how you actually live on the outside. And that, that means everything. All right, that's today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You know you can continue the work and the fun if you want to. Head on over to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin and become a Your Courageous Life subscriber because as soon as you sign up, you get access to an entire library of worksheets and audios and other bonuses. And of course, you'll be receiving more courage in your inbox. And who wouldn't love that? You can learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com. You can get The Courage Habit at your local bookseller on Amazon, wherever you like. We can even connect on social media. I'm on Facebook at Your Courageous Life. So look for facebook.com forward slash Your Courageous Life. And I'm on Instagram as Kate Courageous. And I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. So here's to you using these courageous tools in your life and creating a real ripple effect of good. And again, thanks so much for listening. I love it that you're here.